Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. It is a birthday edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Please join me, your host, Desmond Johnson, and saying happy birthday to our very own the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart, in the house. What's up, man? Blessings, blessings. I'm 36, and I feel like I'm 26. Hey, we can get you out there on the field again. <laughs> you got an offensive line run behind? Yo, we, let's, let's do this. Um, Skyler Callahan out this week. Uh, me and Stu going to hold you down. Um, happy birthday to my guy. Uh, we, if, say happy birthday in the comments. Of course, it's open mailbag every time we're in here, so you can respond and uh, participate in the show. Uh, got a loaded show for you today. Get you in and out with uh, some updates on Panthers news and notes. Uh, some key free agent signings. Wide receiver Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings signed with the Panthers a couple of days ago. We'll get you the specifics on that. As well as uh, general manager Scott Fitterer. And head coach Frank Wright spoke to the media yesterday, pulled a couple clips for that. We'll do a little respond, react uh, with that as well. Again, it is open mailbag. Uh, As you can see, you can comment on whatever we're talking about. If you have a hot take about a topic we're talking about, you can participate in the show. Please feel free to to subscribe, uh, rate uh, at youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And tell your friends about uh, the Believe in Panther podcast. We're super excited about the growth of the podcast over the past year. And uh, we hope to keep you going and being one of your um, destinations for Panther content. Before we go any further, though, of course, a word from our uh, friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting needs this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point on, at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships, right through the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today. And, or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game begins. I haven't even looked at my bracket since last Friday, I think. It's completely busted. I think everybody in the country's bracket's busted. Like every team that was like a high seed, it feels like it's lost. So, um, But you can go get some money over at BetOnline, so definitely uh, try your luck over there. Uh, we'll start off with Panther news and notes, get Stu's opinion on the most recent signing that the Panthers have had uh, free agency kind of thinning out. Most of it kind of happened before it really began. The Panthers bringing in a proven water, uh, veteran wide receiver agreement to terms with Vikings wideout Adam Thielen on a three-year deal on Sunday evening. Uh, he got released by the Vikings as a cap casualty. He's 32, uh, but he's the, immediately the team's most experienced and productive wideout. He's got a hundred, uh, excuse me, 534 career catches over 6,600 yards, 55 touchdowns in 135 games with the Vikings. Uh, undrafted rookie from Minnesota State. He played his whole career in Minnesota, went to the Pro Bowl twice, caught 70 passes last year for 716 yards. And keep in mind, he was on an offense that also included Justin Jefferson, who's probably a top five wide receiver at this point in the NFL. Uh, he, I think he caught over 110 footballs last year. So they also 
kind of pulled Thielen back towards the end of the year and let some of the younger wide receivers play. So that hampered his numbers a little bit too. Uh, Stu, your thoughts on the Adam Thielen signing? It's got you on mute. Can you? Hello. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. I First of all, everyone listening and watching, I'm in the middle of moving as well. Um, so it's my birthday today, but I'm moving. Thanks <laughs> the boxes in the background. See Mike Tyson over there. Yeah, there he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so soon, soon enough, I'll have my spot looking nice. But um, Adam Thielen, man, he's, you know, I, I recall like, what, 2017 or something like that. Um, 2017, probably like the year after that, he went back to back. A thousand yards rushing or mm-hmm. a thousand yards receiving, um, and just just came out of no, not out of nowhere, but to me, watching football and, and and whatnot, like this was a guy that I saw, um, just kind of come into his own, um, being a dependable uh, receiver and outlet on third downs, red zone, um, you know, that's something that we need on offense, especially on third downs, you know, tired of going, you know, three and out, um, tired of going into the red zone empty handed. Um, although last year we did get better in that department. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's the way you win games is you're able to score when you have to score. You're able, you're able to convert when you're, when you need to convert. And so I think Adam Thielen is going to bring, you know, experience, um, you know, that's going to enhance our third down, our red zone. Um, when we need somebody to make a crucial catch, um, he's going to be that guy. Um, but also just think about this, right? you got a young set of receivers in that, in that locker room. He's going to be able to be a vet that comes in and shows guys how to do things the right way, how to practice the right way, route running, you know, you talk about, you know, vets that bring a wittiness to their game, you know, the craftiness, because, um, you know, as you get older, you got to figure out certain things to to help your game and to, you know, to keep elevating yourself um, at this level. And so I think he's going to bring a lot to that department, for that locker room. Kind of reminds me of um, when he was younger, kind of reminds me of Cooper Cup a little bit in terms of the way he runs his routes. Um I saw Chad Ochocinco comment on Twitter when he saw the signing that Thielen is like one of the best route runners in the game. Like it's so effortless, like what he does. And he just naturally gets separation. And you can't really teach that. That's like one of those traits that you either got it or you don't. And uh, Thielen still has, I think he still has something in the tank, even at 32 playing wide receiver. I don't I mean, know. It's hard, it's hard to, sh- but I mean, it's hard to shine when you have Justin Jefferson on the other side. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, was I mean, I was going to get to that point. Like Jefferson, there was some games with Justin Jefferson when they were playing Green Bay the, the two times this year where he was just wide open, like no one on the screen but him in the middle of the field. And I'm like, y'all know you're supposed to be covering this dude, right? Like, where is everybody? And he just kept getting open like that. So, uh, but that goes to show me, though, like, what was the receiver's name that played with Jerry Rice? Uh, John Taylor. John Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard a story that actually might have been from Jerry Rice. Like, um, yeah, it was Jerry because I Jerry Rice spoke at this Nike um, campus thing and talking about, you know, his teammate and how 
his teammates should get all the credit for him being open hmm. because if they didn't cover him, then he would, you know, eat. And yeah. he was a speedster, I guess, and ran really good routes. But, um, you know, when you have what the Vikings had for the last several years, a couple of years um, with Justin Jefferson on the rise, I mean, it's either you're going to get beat by one of them. <laughs> so pick your poison. Yeah, sure. Um, and I'm surprised, actually, that he wasn't able to, you know, redo a deal or whatever since he, he went to college in Minnesota, was undrafted, got picked up by the Vikings and kind of worked his way up the chain. Um, those are the wide receivers that I look at, like the ones that I call them the Steve Smiths, the ones that weren't first round picks. Like Steve got picked like third round, I believe. He didn't come into Carolina as the number one wide receiver. They weren't even trying to play him at wide receiver. They were they had him in the, the kicking game or whatever. And he worked himself to be the number one wide receiver. Like he had that that chip on his shoulder from being slighted, I guess you could say. And yeah. feeling's kind of that same field. Smitty was a um let me see. I, I want to make sure we get that right because we don't want Smitty coming on coming on. Yeah, day. He, 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 he pops in and out of here. I see him in the comments. Oh, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> But credit to you, though, Desmond, you were correct. He was the third round, seven, 74th overall pick in the 2001 NFL draft. Yep. And I want to say, uh, was Jordan Gross our first round pick that year? I think he was. I think he was. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So Smitty had to kind of work himself up to it. Those kind of wide receivers are the ones I'm like, yeah, those are the ones that you can kind of work into a one. Because the one thing I've been hearing this whole time after they traded off DJ Moore, for those that don't really follow the Panthers, that's the thing that's kind of funny to me, actually. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess up. I'm going to tell you why we mess up. It's the same ones that were like, y'all don't have any talent in the wide receiver room the whole year. We trade off DJ Moore. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, who's the quarterback going to throw to? Well, you weren't concerned about DJ Moore earlier in the year. You were saying that he was a scrub. Now, all of a sudden, we, we've thrown away our best talent. You don't, you don't necessarily need a number one in the NFL. You just need a competent core of receivers. You don't need one dude that can catch 100 balls. It's nice. <laughs> it's very nice to have. But I, I'd much rather have a group of three or four guys that can get the job done. Adam Thielen didn't get signed to come in here to be the number one wide receiver. In fact, he's probably going to be the third wide receiver, I would think, um, depending on what happens in this draft. They are still talking, as we we tape this, they are still talking to Detroit line wide receiver uh, DJ Chark, who's a a, four, a a Pro Bowl wide receiver, and I think he's only 25, so much younger, be an upgrade. Uh, bringing in Thielen and Chalk as opposed to having more, I'm cool with that. That's that's a pretty decent trade off uh, there. Um, the audio I clipped though kind of goes along with everything they've been doing in free agency because if you've noticed, they brought in a nice mix of young talent and veterans, veterans that have experience uh, in key spots that know their roles. Um, they were talking about uh, Andy Dalton in the press conferences yesterday and it, the way they were talking about him, it's like Dalton knows coming in, he's going to be the mentor to whoever they draft uh, as opposed to competing for a starting spot, which is I, I would assume is a completely different mentality. So it's like, they're bringing in these dudes to kind of understand what they're going to be doing. And uh, Andy Dalton started as a rookie in Cincinnati. So he's got that experience with him that Frank Wright and Josh McCown don't have. They didn't start as rookies. So, uh, bringing him on board last week was a good move as well, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think I think about that move with Dalton uh, as as a, some something similar to Derek Anderson. Um, mm, when they yeah. brought Derek Anderson in, you know, Da 
capable of coming in and, and, and starting. And he's, he actually, I remember several years, he played the, against the Buccaneers every, every It was that one year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was 2014. I think it was 2014. It was the year that Cam flipped his truck. Cause he had to miss yes, that game yeah. the week. And uh, yeah, DA came in and <laughs> he had just played. Yeah. I think against the Bucks like two weeks before or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. But <laughs> no, you always want to have, and I think this is kind of what they're setting themselves up for is is being able to have a proven vet, understands the playbook, but knows how to knows how to talk, you know, to the young guys in the sense of preparation, right? Teaching guys how to study, teaching guys what to look at, and having the humility to do so. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have the right guy in that room um, that's not going to take this like, you know, personal. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Hey, yeah. You're here. We're going to draft a guy to, to be the guy. We We've need seen to that. help us coach him. And if he gets hurt or if things don't pan out, we need you to go out and win some games too. And I, I trust Danny Dalton to do that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a pinch, he seems like that kind of guy that can get in there and do it. He did it for the Saints last year. He kind of kept them in yeah. uh, contention. He was, really, so. he was pretty efficient last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, From especially from when we saw him. Uh, something, too, before I move over to the uh, Respond React segment here, I just saw it earlier today, too. Uh, Cam Newton, former teammate, is actually going to be participating in the Auburn Pro Day. Um, he's going to be throwing. Not sure – I think I saw his brother is going to be out there too or something. So a lot of it said he wanted to get some extra attention on his brother by him being out there passing to him. Uh, but also he's also saying that, you know, he wants to show the league that he still got it or whatnot. Um, I'm trying to think of, well, last time we saw him was here. Um, last time we saw him was here on the sidelines uh, being misused by the previous regime who we've discussed in length here. We don't, we're not too sure if the coaching staff wanted him back. That sounded more like a front office decision. Uh, to just kind of spark the season at that point. But I hate that the last place he was was here and didn't get to really show what he still had. And now it's almost like it, – it almost feels like it's a battle between Cam deciding if he wants to come back but he wants to start or him deciding to just, you know, be a, be a backup quarterback for a contender and just wait your turn because in the NFL, everybody gets hurt. Like eventually you're going to get a chance to play – so it's almost like he has to decide between that. But the last time I heard him online, he seemed pretty content uh, not playing. Uh, have you yeah. spoke to Cam recently in, in terms of what he's doing? Not, not, in, not in the terms of, you know, I saw him actually this past weekend, but like not in terms of what he's going to do with this future of football. But I will say Cam is – there's only one Cam Newton that will ever live on this earth. Um, and like – I feel like last year, you know, obviously he got handed, you know, the worst cards dealt, um, you know, and I feel like he even got, you know, a crappy hand when he went up there to New England, you know, yeah. with the, the time that he had, he didn't have an off season to develop into a new playbook, especially in New England. I think he got in August. August. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, he still did. <laughs> the things that he was asked to do and whatever. And, you know, but I just really feel like, you know, the way, you know, his career, the way the opportunities have presented themselves for a guy like Cam, um, you know, was, is just very unfair. Um, 
you know, the last several years of him, you know, going back and forth with the, the NFL and playing on the team. But I think that if he goes out there and he throws, they're going to see that he can throw. <laughs> you know he can run. So, uh-huh. I mean, like, it's whether or not the league wants to actually say, like, yeah, let's get out, let's get out of our own way here and present him an opportunity somewhere. And I can tell you a team. I got one in mind too. The Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys as well. But I'm thinking the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Lamar Jackson, if this mm-hmm. contract stuff ain't situated, you ain't going to have a quarterback to play with. You've been sliding. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've been saying the Baltimore Ravens have been running the 2015 Carolina Panthers offense for the past six years. Like ever since they got, or five years, however long Lamar's been there. Like it's literally the same offense I watch go to the Super Bowl. Like they kind of run the same stuff. Uh, oh. Lamar, Lamar's got a little bit more of a touch on his throw. Cam has a bigger arm. Um, yeah. Cam has one of the biggest arms I've ever seen in terms of flat foot throwing the ball 70 yards <laughs> down the field. Yeah. Like I've watched him do some incredible stuff with a football that's talented if he if he can get it in his mind that all i have to do is be on the roster and just wait my turn and learn this playbook so week nine week 10 when whoever ends up going down inevitably i'm ready and i can show what i can do again i think that's his path if he really wants to play football again that's his path to get in because at this point i mean we're in march late march the starters are pretty much set everywhere or if you don't have a starter you know who you're what you're going at you're drafting one or you're, you got your eye on somebody. Um, I'll, give you a, I'll give you another team. The Atlanta Falcons. I hate oh, to say that name. Oh, God. He's from Atlanta, too. And he's from down the there. Falcons, <laughs> would he do if that? Happens, now? You think he would do that? If it happens, you heard it here first and believe in Pam. <laughs> We're going to speak it into existence. We've got the <laughs> brother twice hey, a year. Look at that thing. What? Ooh, actually, that's kind of crazy. They haven't knocked on his door yet anyway. Like even because last year they tried, uh, they drafted uh, Desmond Ritter. He wasn't ready. They had Marcus Mariota, like a, a kind of a I don't want to insult him. He's he's not as good as Cam Newton. Don't talk bad about yeah. I was like, I don't want to insult the man, but yeah, he's not as good as Cam Newton. Good. Like they wanted to play that kind of offense, they could just went on Cam. So I don't know. We'll see uh, what happens with our boy Cam Ace Boogie. See if he uh, shows out the Auburn pro day. I didn't write down exactly when it was, but I think it's coming up here. If not today, it's uh, sometime soon because everybody's talking about it. So um, let's get into respond react. Uh, Scott Fitter, general manager. Fitty, he's hot right now. He's, he's out here signing people, putting together a roster, a competent roster. It looks like um, he spoke yesterday along with head coach Frank Wright. Went and pulled two quick quotes from both of them for us to respond to. Um, first, roster uh, set up basically for um, a rookie to basically get parachuted in here uh, that we had spoke of previously. Here's Scott Fitter. That's that was the intention behind a lot of what we did. Uh, over the last, you know, few weeks as to have, you know, to give those guys the weapons they need to be successful. Like I said, we like our offensive line to bring in a Miles Sanders. Not only is he a good runner, but he's a good receiver out of the backfield. So he's the outlet. Hayden Hurst going down the seam, you know, great hands. It's uh, it's a dimension that we're adding to our offense because Frank uses the tight end so much. And he's a player that they identified that they wanted. To have Adam Thielen, who can separate quickly, Terrace Marshall, you know, who's – on the come right now, LaVisca. Like that, that's a really good group to surround a young quarterback with. And uh, he's got playmakers now. Can you elaborate on 
Stu, your thoughts on Fiddy's comments there about what they've done to kind of build around whoever becomes the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers coming uh, going forward. I thought he's pretty pretty uh, clear in terms of what their plan was and what they were trying to do. Yeah, man. Give your quarterback weapons. <laughs> give, Is that give, so? <laughs> give, your, give your, but not just weapons. Give him the ammo to the weapons, right? Um, you know, and you got the ammo because you got the coaching. But um, I will say, too, like he's just said about Thielen, separation, right? That's the key to a rookie, to a young quarterback, is having a receiver on the roster that can actually create separation. I was going back to your point, Desmond, when you were talking about his route running ability and how he's one of the best route runners that there's, that's out there. And for a young quarterback to, to gain confidence in this league, you got to have a guy that you can just depend on and throw it to. And then you also got to have a guy that you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. And that, that's what you got in Hurst at the tight end. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, it, it, like looking at our looking at my career, our best teams were when we had t- Greg at his very best and we had Kotri. Mm-hmm. Kotri was the one that was making those catches that no one wanted to make. And oh, yes, the no, no. catch was a catch. No. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that was a catch. <laughs> um, you're right, because even – I see a lot of people, they they come down at that wide receiving core in 2015, but I'm like, looking back on it in hindsight, they were catching the footballs they were supposed to catch for the most part. I mean, you're talking Jericho Cotri, Ted Ginn Jr. had a career year that year. Uh, Greg Olson was in the middle of 1,000-yard seasons that year. And then you had that threat in the backfield with you, Tolbert, Cam. Like, I mean, you could get hit a bunch yeah. of ways out of that offense. And if I'm not mistaken, y'all were the number one scoring offense in the league that year. Um, just off of the, the RPO and just the, the creativeness of the offense, you need players. <laughs> you need players to be able to do that. Yeah. You don't need a number one, like a number one uh, wide receiver. And somebody brought this up to me the other day too, that can you name a team that has a top five paid wide receiver that won the Super Bowl like recently? Like usually once the wide receiver gets paid, that team doesn't get back to wherever they were if they were ever there in the first place. So uh, look at Kansas City. They let Tyreek Hill walk last year. Maybe yeah. Back to the bowl with third and fourth string wide receivers by the end of it and won another ring. So, I mean, it's kind of – you don't necessarily need a big name, but it's nice to have a guy you can depend on, like you said, to actually get there. Mar- Marquis Stafford uh, – or Stafford actually commented this. I thought was interesting. Man, has anyone thought about how Chosen Anderson is a free agent now, but his downfall was when he lost his cool in the game and now he's a free agent? If he would have stayed down, he would have had a job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Like, it's like- I, what I what I hope is that he gets picked up by someone because the, the truth of the matter is, chosen Anderson, aka Robbie. Yeah, he's a burner, dog. He can yeah. play. He's a good receiver. He knows he was, ball. He knows he what he's doing. Reason. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. like. If you, I think, I think you know, at the end of the day, you guys, like, I'm a believer in second chances and third chances. I'm a believer in that because at the end of the day, what my true belief is, is that we all ain't got it. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, besides the one above, you know what I'm saying? So, um, like, 
I think, you know, there's plenty of receivers out there and, you know, chosen right now is definitely one of the best in the sense of, you know, creating separation, the burners down the field, throw it up, go get it. And so hopefully he gets his job. Yeah, I think he'll latch on to somebody here after they get through this next wave of signings. Eventually, someone will pick him up. Uh, yeah. Don Duck says, Auburn Pro Days today around 2 p.m., I believe, from my sources, not accurate, though. I don't know if it's on TV or not. You might be able to check uh, ESPN, SEC Network. They might have it over there. Uh, more than, Actually, now I think about it, they probably do have it over there. So uh, you can check that out there. Uh, another comment I pulled from Fiddy. Um, we've had a whole lot of talk about the Combine about pro days, the Panthers front office is all taken off for the next eight days uh, to watch the top four quarterbacks in this draft at their individual pro days. First up is CJ Stroud at Ohio State tomorrow. Thursday is Bryce Young at Alabama. Um, Will Levis, I believe, is Friday. And then next week is Anthony Richardson uh, at Florida. And they're going to go see all four of them over the next eight days. Um, I do not think they've zeroed in on a quarterback. Uh, Fitter made that pretty clear in his press conference that they like the fact that they don't have to zero in on one at the moment. They still got, you know, five, six weeks before the draft, so they can really be thorough about who they go get. Um, this was interesting to me, though. He was talking about the difference between watching a, a player at the combine as opposed to watching that player, uh, his game tape. I mean, game, game tape is what's most important because it's hopefully it's two or three years of production and you know, you'll see a thousand plays on tape. That's really who the guy is. You know, you get to the combine. Yeah, they run around. They're going to throw the throw the ball great. No one's in front of them. No one's chasing them. Uh, it just kind of reinforces what you see at these pro days. But really, what it comes down to it's what's what what do they put out on tape? What is on Russell? I think I love that more than anything else uh, for the sheer fact that he's right. The game tape should be more accurate than whatever you see over three days at the combine, right? Did you go to the combine? Yeah, I went to the combine. What are your, uh, what are your uh, feelings <laughs> about the combine? <laughs> like when I went to the combine, you know, I was actually hurt. So my rookie year, I came in um, with, an, with a recovering surgery on my toe. Um, but when I was at the cover, at the, when I was at the combine, I was made known that I will have to have surgery <laughs> by <laughs> multiple training staffs. And, but I wanted to come by not going to do anything. And um, one of the coaches um, comes up to me and says, Hey, you plan on running today? I'm like, nah, I'm hurt. I'm like, well, if you fast, you fast. Go out there and run. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, like if you mean like if I can run just a little bit, I should just go out there and run. So I called my agent, Ben Dagra, and I was like, hey, hey um, Doug, it was Doug Williams, by the way. Oh, the okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that changes the context completely. Yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, uh, Doug Williams um, pulled me to the side and he said, if I'm fast, then I'm fast. What does that mean? He's like, I think he's just trying to get you to run. I'm like, Man, <laughs> I should. And so I went out there and ran, and then oh. I did the vert, and that was it. <laughs> well, you know, it hurt so? That sounds that sounds like painful. It was <laughs> very that. painful. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I ran a four, four, six, or something like that. I jumped the second vert. Man, look here. <laughs> I'm sort of, but like, if I was a, 
if your boy's toe was out, if my toe wasn't hurt, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> man, I would at least yeah. have a 41 inch vert, 40 inch vert, four 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 three eight low four four, maybe even touch that four three nine. And that's when the Panthers are like, we know we just drafted a running back two years ago, first round, but we got to go get this kid. We got to go get him. Like, because yeah. I, I remember, yeah. I remember then, the, the fans were like, huh? We just drafted then, a running back. Then the training staff and the coaches are like, hey, you did all you did all that while you was hurt? It's like, there yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Box check. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, so, <laughs> so Frank Wright, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, is probably the happiest man on earth because now he gets to choose. He doesn't have to wait in line at the buffet. He's at the front of the buffet. He gets to choose first plate. Like, where does he want to go? And he, the way he talks, he talks as if he realizes that. Um, talking about the pro days that he's about to go uh, visit these these quarterbacks on here. I mean, uh, you know, pro days just right. I mean, it's just more like the combine, you know, but it's it's a little bit better than the combine because they're, they're thrown to all their guys. And um, it's a little bit more controlled in that way that they can – they can kind of do some things that the guys who are running the workouts know specifically a few things that you're looking for. You can ask guys to do certain things. Um, sometimes you get to spend a little time talking to them there, um, but we'll have other visits with them too via Zoom, you know, 30 visits in here to see us, um, all those kind of things. There will be multiple touch points between now and the draft where we talk to all of these guys. I, I love how uh the front office feels like they're all on the same page don't it like th they know what they want they're being very close to the vest to not reveal that to the public but they're not really hiding anything either they've pretty much told us what their plan is it's just refreshing to me as a panther fan looking at it like oh okay they say they have a plan oh they're actually doing the plan <laughs> the plan is actually like this is the plan they're actually doing it like they're executing it and uh it's super refreshing. Josh says, this is Reich's best opportunity as a head coach that he's had, in my opinion. I agree because I think he mentioned in that press conference, he never really got a chance to draft a quarterback this high uh, in Indy or any of his other stops or whatnot. Um, in Indy, he inherited Andrew Luck, but only had him for, I think, a year. And then Luck retired. And then from that point, he was searching for a quarterback. Uh, and as we've seen here, if you don't have a quarterback – it's really hard to do a lot of other things without having that guy in that position. And the Colts have been kind of treading water ever since Luck retired. Um, and it doesn't even feel like it was that long ago, but he's been gone for – Luck retire. It was about five years ago. Yeah. It feels like he was gone a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like it almost, it's almost like it never happened. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been like five – yeah, it's been like four or five years because – Wright went through like about three or four years without a quarterback uh, when Luck yeah. retired, and it was around. The, it was right. It was around when I retired. So, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is he had like 10, 12 more years of him, probably. Yeah, but, well, he. I heard he moved on. He's got like an architect firm or something. Doesn't regret it at all. And he was oh, going yeah. through the same thing of uh, every offseason, coming back from an injury, having to rehab and get to the mentality yeah. and then taking the hits and then getting hurt again and the whole process started. So I, I, you know, I didn't think it was a bad thing when Luck decided to do that early. Same with like Luke Keekley or anybody else that maybe left earlier than we thought or wanted them to Patrick Willis. Like there's been a lot of guys like that lately that have retired probably before uh, if it was 20 years ago, they'd probably still be playing, you know, just playing to play. So uh, very happy that, that he was able to get out of there for that. Um, 
the uh, the last audio I had from uh, Reich was actually something that just made me smile. It was him talking about uh, them re-signing center Bradley Bozeman and what he means to the team. Brought back uh, Bradley Bozeman uh, with a rookie coming, quarterback coming in here. How important is it to have a veteran center uh, who has that experience? It's really important. You know, Scott and I talked about that right from the, you know right from the beginning. Like when Boz when Boz's name got brought up, and you know, like hey, we're, we're number one. We, this is a guy we need. He's a leader. He's an alpha. Um, that's what you need from that center position. So really, really happy to have him. Well, how much how much does this team need a? Can you, because you had a great center in Ryan Khalil uh, for, I think, all of your career, if I'm not mistaken, or the majority of it, you had him there. Can you explain to the Panther Nation how important it is to have a center in the NFL that's, like, what all the center does, like, in terms of to make a a good offensive line a great offensive line? Because you ran behind some great offensive lines with Ryan Khalil being the leader uh, of those lines, him and Jordan Gross at left tackle. Can you describe the difference between a center that's really good at what they do and one that's maybe not? <laughs> so I would imagine your brain <laughs> and all the things that it does to protect it, to protect you, um, to see things, to recognize things like, like the center is what makes everything really go. You know what I'm saying? Protection. If you don't have protection called out and you can't recognize blitz pickups or, you know, shifts and where the safeties are on the field and different line alignments and, and understand different players and their tendencies, um, you know, you're up a creek without a paddle. Um, Ron Khalil was probably one of the most – is probably the most, like – brilliant people that I know mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, he's a movie producer now and he's just witty. His brain is just like always a hundred miles ahead of everyone else. And, you know, his attention to detail is what really made him like ahead of everyone and trusted. <laughs> and so, um, the center, you know, calls out the mic on some occasions for certain offenses. He did that for us and um, and just makes it easier for the quarterback. When you have a guy that can, you know, that you can trust to make sure that we call the right protections, to make sure that if it's a pass play, the quarterback's safe, if it's a, if it's a run play, you know, we're set up for success. Um that's the a very large key element to the offense running on all cylinders. Um, and then just think about the rest of the offensive line, right? Like, you know, he's able to keep them on track of, you know, their spacing and um, making calls at the line of scrimmage for whatever they have going on and, and run blocking and schemes. Um, you know, it's a chemistry thing. So, I mean, if you have the same guy, Sitting, you know, if you have the same guy working that that position, you know, for extended amount of time, the chemistry is already there. So, and we saw that this year when Pat Eflon went down with injury, they signed Bozeman to be the starter, but then he got hurt earlier in the year. Pat Eflon was still on the the roster; he took over at center. Uh, and then when Eflon, I think he hurt his hip, uh, he got uh, injured, and Bozeman came back in and never relinquished the spot. And uh, 
you could see a drastic difference in the offensive line play when Bozeman got inserted in there. Uh, I mean, we started running for like 160, 180 yards <laughs> a game. Like teams don't do that really anymore unless you're just completely dedicated to it and you got an offensive line and he solidified it. And I love the fact that they went in with a priority. To, they recognized that Bozeman was one of the reasons why the line was solidified. So one of the top priorities for them was to get him signed. And now he's signed, he's here, and he's the best center we've had since uh, Ryan Khalil, to be honest. I'll just be point blank. Like, we haven't had a center since Khalil, and Bozeman fits that mold. So Strong, uh, can get nasty. You want to follow him. Can move. You Mm got to be able to move. I remember one time we played the New York Giants in the Meadowlands before that old stadium uh, got tore down. Yeah. And I rushed for, like, over 200 yards rushing. And I was so tired running the ball. Like, because one of the plays got called back, and I oh, came no. back to the huddle. Uh, D'Angelo was hurt, so he was at that game. Goody, I think, maybe got, like, nicked up or something, so I had to go come back in. Um, and I broke another long run. And it was an outside zone and, like, a stretch play. And Khalil pulls, and he's my lead blocker. He outruns me, bro. <laughs> and we talk about it all the time because he's that fast to outrun me as a running back that's supposed to be running really fast but I'm so tired that I couldn't but, uh, what did, yeah. he play did he play at three, about 300? 290? I mean most that's like the baseline for linebackers now I mean, well, or he, he, he was probably like 290 like, yeah. I can see like 290 it was hard for him to keep weight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see him now, he's like, him now. Yeah. He's like a GQ model. Dude, that's crazy because I saw Jordan Gross not that long ago. He's like half the size of what he was when he was playing. Like these linemen yeah. just slim down like as soon yeah, as their man. careers are over. It's yeah, crazy. I saw Trevor Wharton the other day too. And, you know, all of them look like basketball players now. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what. They just slim down six foot four, five dudes. It's like, where'd the other like 180 pounds go? Like. Like they must yeah. just cut out peanut butter or something. I'd always heard the the high school trick was to carry a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter around with you if you wanted to make yeah. weight. And that's and pretty milk. much how that's pretty much how it was for these guys. Yeah, and a lot of guys, a lot of these offensive linemen, they're not really built like that. They have to eat a lot, a lot of calories. Weight. So then you got to keep it on in the off season, but not too much. <laughs> you got to yeah. stay in a certain thing without getting overweight. Um, yeah. Real quick, though, so uh, Stu can enjoy the rest of his birthday, and uh, we'll get you guys on your way. We'll be back probably sometime midweek next week. Skylar will be back with us next week, and uh, we'll probably have some additional news in terms of signings or whatnot. Willie uh, Smith, uh, Believe in Panther Superfan, says, I believe Panther fans should be acceptable of any quarterback decision the team makes. As you guys continuously harp on this coaching staff, don't be shocked if the quarterback they select may be considered a project. Again, I go back to what Fitter just said and Frank Wright. I don't think these pro days are going to convince them off of a player that they are already high on. I think the game tape is their main decider that they're going to use. They're going to use these combines and pro days to sit down with these guys more so, I think, and just kind of learn their personalities. Um, But I don't think them throwing on an open field to, you know, with nobody chasing them or them having to risk their life or, you know, that's not going (laughs) to, that's not going to make them decide between Anthony Richardson and, and Bryce Young, but watching Florida versus Georgia, compared to Alabama versus Georgia, that might be a deciding factor for them. 
uh, as well. Donald Duck says, I just want Bryce Young. I was on the CJ Stroud hype, and then I said, what's the harm in watching Bryce Young highlights? And I like what I see in Bryce. I did the exact same thing. Like, I hadn't really looked at Bryce, started looking at him a little bit. He got a touch, man. He he can drop it, like, fairly easily. Yeah, like, everywhere. (laughs) Anywhere. (laughs) And and I think a lot of times people are like, well, it's Alabama. He's got playmakers all over the place. That's cool. You still got to perform. Yeah, that poise in the pocket that he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the 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 boy is unbothered. Yes, he does remind me of Pat Mahomes a little bit in that way where it's like, you don't you rarely see him in a situation where he's flustered and he always seems to know where to go with the football. Honestly, kind of reminds me of young Russell Wilson a little bit with a better touch on the on the pass because Russ was doing the same thing and finding the angles to throw like you don't have to throw over the line. You just got to figure out how to get it to where it needs to go. And Wilson figured it out. Breeze figured it out. I think Bryce Young's already figured it out. Um. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Have you landed on one yet? One of these quarterbacks? I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody. I'm going to land on whatever the Carolina Panthers land on. That's a pretty good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good answer. Because I, I don't like, know what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't I, like I'm pretty I feel like I know that they know what they're going to do. Yes, that's how I feel. They have a I trust that they have this plan and they they're following the plan. And everybody in the building is on board, which is refreshing. Like I, we haven't probably had this since Ron Rivera was in the building. You know, in terms. And the thing is, too, like you got to continue to go through your plan and your process of, you know, figuring out who these guys are, because you never know what can happen from now into the draft. You know what I'm saying? Like things happen, bro. So you got to make sure you're ready. Uh, talking about Bryce Young, Sam DeShield says, I was curious about his high school highlights, and I was like, man, from then to college, he's just too poised. The game never wavers at all, regardless of the moment. Keep on, this dude won the Heisman Trophy in 2021. Like, I mean, as a freshman? Yeah, as a freshman. So, I mean, he's been he's been him for as long as he's played football for the most part. And when you get guys like that, it kind of – it makes me think the Panthers went up to one because they do like Bryce Young. I feel like if they didn't like Young, they would have settled with Houston or somebody and just took whoever uh, the Bears didn't take or whoever ended up at one. Then going to one makes me feel like, okay, they like at least two of these guys and they want to be able to just to make the choice without having somebody make it for them. And that might be what ends up happening. We'll we'll learn a little bit more after the next eight days as the Panthers go on this road trip to see all these different quarterbacks at their pro days. Keep an eye on ESPN because, like I said, I think most of these pro days are going to be on ESPN. And somebody had commented earlier on the Auburn pro day is at 2 o'clock today. So that's like in 20 minutes. So you can actually flip over to ESPN and uh, check that out. Uh, they also did uh, respond to the Lamar Jackson stuff. Fitter basically just said, you know, he's a great option, an expensive option. We decided to go back that we – pretty much already thinking of which is the draft so that's why the panthers didn't kick the tires on lamar jackson actually might be why no one's been kicking the tires on lamar jackson he might have outpriced himself out the market uh which is insane but what is he 25 25 26 so i think yeah he's young yeah he's young like this never happens you never get a former mvp in their mid-20s at quarterback as a free agent and available to be to have bids placed on i don't think i've heard a single team uh, make a bid for Lamar. So that's a curious situation too. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we maybe we'll have some news on that uh, by next week. So um, well, we'll keep... figure out this Aaron Rodgers stuff. 
I think I, is he not a Jet yet? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everything with the official trade. Like everyone's like, yeah, I'm happy he's gonna be here. Like he's not officially there. Like I don't know. And I, you don't Jets, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, man. Like I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. But uh, we'll probably be talking about him next week too. So uh, rate and subscribe here youtube.com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio when we have our episode getting ready to go on it'll remind you when we go live it'll pop up on your phone that we're live so you don't have to miss anything if you do miss it just check out the believe podcast network follow them on twitter at believe uh you can follow us on uh, twitter as well the video is usually there the audio will be on the podcast platform a little bit later on today i'm gonna let Stu go and enjoy his uh 21st birthday go and live it up my brother and uh Everybody else, thank you all for uh, coming in, watching the show, listening to the show, giving Stu uh, birthday greetings today. Um, and that's it, man. We'll see you guys next week. If anything pops up between now and then, uh, check for us and we'll be around. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.